The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden, and I am so grateful to be with you here today on Unity Online Radio. Ah, the number to call if you have a question about your dreams or about your departed loved ones that come knocking on the door of your dreams, the number to call is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. And I've got a very special guest with me today, Joan Gelfand, um, who I'll be talking about in just a moment. I know that it said that we were going to have a different guest on today, but he got sick. So we're, I wanted Joan to call in today anyway. So it works out perfect. Um, today is, first of all, it's Nancy T's birthday. So those of you who love Nancy T, please barrage her with social media happy birthday messages. And it's Joan Gelfand's birthday tomorrow. So also barrage her. <laughs> and it's Gypsy's birthday tomorrow too. So, even though she's not there to check her social media, her family will be checking. So barrage away. And we're celebrating the Libras. I love my Libras. All right. Let's turn within. Let's do a little a little prayer. Let's get centered. And then we'll come out dreaming. So let's just turn within. Take a big, deep breath. And as we're breathing... We're releasing, we're letting go of all of the getting here, all of the heavy heartedness around any loved ones that we are missing because they're on the other side, or maybe we haven't seen them in a while. Let's just let go, let go, let go, and open up to the sunlight of the spirit. Let's let ourselves be caught in the mighty whoosh that just takes us out into the cosmos, takes us into the unified field where there is no grief, where our baggage can't go. It's too heavy. It's too clunky. We have to drop it and we have to remember, oh yeah, I'm at one with the one. I'm at one with all of life, all of humanity, all of the cosmos, all of my departed loved ones. We are unified from the highest place. There's only one of us here like one big, beautiful diamond of which we are all intrinsically connected, could not be more so. But in this human dimension, when we have a loved one on the other side, we just have to exert a little energy to raise our vibration, to use our intent, to dream with them, to commune with them, just like a radio channel, a little radio station that we have to go through some of the static. We have to fight through a little static until we find that clear signal. And ah, there they are. They've been there all along. So it's up to us 
to clear away the cobwebs, clear away the static, and even in some way, clear away some of our grief that can be static, that keeps us from the very connection we crave. So with that, let's take a big, beautiful, deep breath so we can come out and celebrate today, the life that we have today, whether we're on the other side, whether we're on this side, whether we're missing someone or not, we've got a life worth celebrating. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be with you on Unity Online Radio. And thank you to Louie behind the scenes and Jeff and Diane and all the wonderful souls that helped to bring this show and so many other shows to, to all of you. And thank you in advance to Joan Gelfand for joining me. Thank you to Nancy T for being such a wonderful co-host on and off throughout all these years. And to Gypsy for being my soul sister throughout this life and also into the next and and into the mystic. And um, we're going to, let me just pull. Oh, and so it is. Amen. All right. So I'm going to read the message for today. And... Um, this is a message that I wrote for in the Luminous Humanness book. I wrote it with Nancy T in mind. And then um, I'm going to read tomorrow's message because that's for Joan's birthday and Gypsy's birthday. All right. So September 29th, without the treble, you're in trouble. We need the bass and the treble, the nitty gritty and the airy fairy, the earthly baritone and the tinkling falsettos our pragmatic logic, as well as our visionary epiphanies. If we don't have at least one pinky toe on the ground while our head is ooing and aahing in the heavens, then we become lopsided, fall out of balance, and become incapable of being who we came here to be. We owe it to ourselves to embrace our depth, introspection, and the darker colors on our palette, as well as our angelic lightness of being that leads us to the sweet sound of higher ground. Affirmation. I need the treble and the bass to harmonize in the symphony of my best life. Ode to Megan Trainer and to, and to um, Nancy T. Okay, so Joni and Gypsy, this message is for you. This is for tomorrow, September 30th. Take your power animal with you today. Nobody has to know that you're carrying a lion in your pocket or that you're riding on the back of a whale while a giraffe bends down to whisper the wisdom of Cyrano de Bergerac in your ear. Animals offer powerful healing, whether they're a pet related to your astrological sign or a maverick out on the range who wouldn't be branded or tamed. Based on your agenda today, what qualities do you want to invoke within yourself? And what animal do you want to call on to make that happen? A tiger for courage? A bear for strength? A squirrel for productivity? A bird for higher view? Or a dog for a dose of best friend, unconditional love? Today, meditate on your animal guide's signature vibration and gift for you. Affirmation. I carry my power animal's energy around with me, giving me exponential love, courage, sensitivity, and muscle to stride throughout my day with greater potency. All right, so that's what we got. And Joni, Joni, 
Joni. I want to welcome you to the show. And for those of you who have already heard Joan on the show, she's been a recurring guest of mine for years. She is an amazing author of multiple books. Um, her website is joangelfand.com. Her book, one of her, actually not her recent book, but one of the books we'll talk about is You Can Be a Winning Writer, The Four C's of Successful Authors. That was a number one Amazon bestseller, by the way. And her novel just came out recently, Fear to Shred. Oh my God, it's not Fear to Shred. It's not. It's extreme. It changed it from fear to shred to extreme. Ah! It's set in the Silicon Valley as a startup. It's and it came out on Mastodon Press. And I'm so excited to have you with me, Joan, in this extreme moment on this extreme day. So welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Kelly, Kelly, the mistake is is uh very fair because Fear to Shred was its first title. So that just yeah. tells everyone that you're an old friend who made <laughs> this book in its first iteration before my publisher renamed it. <laughs> right, right. I still love Fear to Shred. I think it just got so into my soul, we but Extreme did. is also very good. So I accept that. So Joan, happy almost birthday. And I want to celebrate you. your birthday and and you're an amazing poet, and I know you've got poems that have come to you through dreams. So I know every time you and I talk, we always end up talking about how dreams can manifest creativity in our waking lives. And you've done that in such epic proportions through your Ferlinghetti School of Poetics and all the film festivals that you've won and poetry festivals that you've won. And oh my God, but you also have one that's really kind of on target for today being um, kind of the gypsy palooza. So would you be willing to read and tell us a little bit about that poem? Sure. Um, and also I just want to tell folks that you and yeah. I uh, have taught a class at the International Association for the Study of Dreams. We were very honored to teach a yes. seminar on using your dreams to craft poetry stories, even screenplays, and that was really a class that we're hoping to reprise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I just want to tell people how to, that, you know, one of the things I've, you and I have really uh, been excited about together is uh, capturing the dreams, but then learning how to craft them. Anyway, I will read this poem because I thought of it for Gypsy because it's about a burial, but it's a magical Mm. burial. Mm. So here it goes. And it came to me in a dream. It literally came almost of a piece. I didn't have to work Mm. on it so very hard. Um, It goes like this. You might imagine a box, airless, close, the sound of dirt clumps falling like rain. You might imagine a mudslide rushing down steep mountain terrain, your legs buckling. You might imagine a building shaken to its core, rubble tumbling, knocking you senseless. You might imagine water too deep, a collapsed bridge, a tunnel broken. My burial was none of these. An angel chanted, and I went under, alone and unafraid. Ah, oh, it's one of my favorites of yours. Oh, 
I love that one. I love that. Wow. Thank you, Joni. Oh my God. Okay. So whew. Gypsy was a poet as well. Gypsy was an amazing poet. And I know that many of her poems came to her from dreams. And I think she would just deeply, deeply love that. Um, so how, how is it that you do this? How could other people who want to turn their dreams into art, what's your best suggestion? Well, one of the things that, uh, we, that I like to talk about is to remember the very basic fundamentals of what creative writing is. So in other words, people will say to you, oh, I had the strangest dream, right? That's the title mm -hmm. of your book. And yeah. people say that daily because they're like, yeah. uh, there was a puppet over here and then a green moon over there and a <laughs> sailboat over there. And Kelly, in your brilliance, you help people unravel what it all means, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way I just said it to you wouldn't really make a poem that resonates with people, right? Because it's like, okay, imagery, imagery, imagery. But to craft it into a piece of work that people can resonate and relate to, just remember the basics of creative writing. So, for example, in this poem, I used repetition, even though it sounds like such a basic like, oh, yeah, repetition. No, repetition is a basic fundamental of creative writing. I keep saying the phrase, you might imagine, you might imagine. And that mm. kind of draws people in. Then, of course, there is imagery that you want to color in. So, yes, there was a green moon over here and a puppet over there and a sailboat out in the, out in the bay. But give us some detail, right? That's another basic of uh, creative writing, you know, specificity. So I'll just run through a couple of other fundamentals. So there's imagery, there's specificity, specificity, there's sound. You can use sound mm. in a poem to draw people in. Um, mm. Then there's metaphor. The, the green moon reminded me of a shrub that I saw once when I was hiking, you know, something that pulls it together, a uh, metaphor. Um, uh, you know, so those are some of the basics. I, I'm, I'm not going to give a creative life. Okay, uh, well, here's, here's, <laughs> let, me give one, let me give you one thing to chew on because you, your book, the You Can Be a Winning Writer, The Four C's, one of them is craft. One of the C's in your book is about craft. Um, I had a vivid dream about Gypsy. It was really short and I feel like it totally is begging to be a poem that I have yet to write. And it's called, I would call it Fashion Don't. Gypsy was, and I haven't turned it into a poem, but here it is. I, I, I mentioned in my email today that I would, I would unpack it a little. So in my dream, Gypsy was dressed to the nines. She was dressed wearing a suit that was really sharp and fancy and her hair was just so and perfect earrings, perfect makeup. Everything was fabulous. But if you scan down her beautiful tailored suit, you saw that she was wearing bedroom slippers with leg warmers and like frumpy, frumpy shoes and frumpy, frumpy socks that were also very comfortable. And it was like, as if she was saying, I don't care. I want to be comfortable. I want to look good at least, uh, at least from the waist up and the rest, maybe it's very, very zoom oriented. Cause a lot of us do that. We dress up from the waist up nowadays and from the bottom down it's all pjs and uggs and leg warmers <laughs> but i told gypsy you're a fashion don't and she was like hey and she's like i guess it's true 
so there you go. <laughs> something that could be yeah. I mean, like a vivid image of something that I'm doesn't fit, something that teacher. is bizarre. Like there's like the twist in your poem was my funeral was none of those. Like wait, what? It was like it kind of er, takes us on a sharp turn. And I feel like this little dream about Gypsy, it's all going in one direction and then sharp turn to the left. Like wait, leg warmers and and bedroom slippers. What? That doesn't fit. So Right. That's another element of creative writing is surprise, the element of surprise, right? Because that always takes people like it makes them notice what's happening. Like if someone read that last line, my my burial was none of these. It might make them go back and read the poem again. You know what I mean? Like because it's so unusual. Oh, oh, you're making me want to write this poem about Gypsy and her fashion don'tness because it's Mm. oh, it says so much. Oh, my heaven. If I was to unpack it, I would just say that there's something about what I loved about her was how beautiful she was. And she really loved being beautiful. I mean, she carried her makeup bag around with her even towards the end, like on her last days of life, she was still wearing makeup and 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 she wanted us to dress to put her put her makeup on when like on her body, on her dead body. So she was like, she had a vanity and she wanted to be beautiful. And yet underneath it all, she was salt of the earth and so real. And so like, I don't give a bleep. You know? <laughs> Let's just connect. Right. So she had that dichotomy. And that's, I think it, it begs for, begs for a piece. I think. So well, I, the one thing, as, as you said, you know, dreams, you know, and you said in your introduction, whether you're on this side or the other side, it's it's a lot about what you are teaching about today is about having peace with your loved ones. So when yes. you see them in a dream and you connect with them, they're alive to you, yeah. right? They're still there. Oh. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of of remembering your dreams, tuning into your dreams, and seeing your loved one in a dream, it's like your relationship keeps going on. It's, it's not over. It's her birthday. She made a visitation to you. She knows how much you love her, you know? It's so true. And you actually hit on something that I am crazy passionate about getting out into the world. I almost feel obsessed with the notion of how there's there's so many people I know that walk through this life su- suffering and struggling, feeling a lack of love, even like from the people in their life or from the people who are on this on the other side who maybe haven't visited as often through dreams or at least dreams that people remember. And yet, when I had my little death experience, I was on the other side for about fifteen minutes. I was trying so hard to communicate with people on this side of the veil to no avail. They were, there's such a density to this dimension. We only get trickles and drips and drabs of the love that is being pummeled at us. And we walk around feeling unloved or uncommunicated with, or we must not be important, but we have no idea how hard our loved ones are trying to reach us. I had just a 
a glimpse of that. And I thought, I will never feel unloved ever again. Because if I was trying that hard, I could imagine my other my other loved ones on the other side trying to sneak through, uh, like through the cracks in the veil, through dreams. So even if we don't, even if we don't receive it in our perfect love language with the perfect box, with the perfect ribbon wrap, wrapped around it, it doesn't mean we're not being communicated with doesn't mean we're not being loved phenomenally deeply I think all of us could get a little whack upside the head by me (laughs) I'm feeling so like oh I want to whack everybody myself included to just wake up and feel the communication and know that the burden of proof is on our side it's not on their side they love us they're communicating with us it's up to us to raise our vibration to the place where we can receive it. And then we get just like a fire hose of so much love. There's so much love for us. We need to milk it for all it's worth and leave no drop left behind because we need that love in order to fulfill what we're here to do. Can you hear my little, I don't know, I'm just on a rant, Joni, stop me, please. <laughs> no, I love it. You pick I, it up what I'm throwing down. <gasps> I'm going to pick up on something. Um, first of all, you used the word veil, and I once I had a dream about uh, lifting the veil once. But what wow. I was going to say is, I just Kelly, I know this is amazing, and maybe this is my birthday gift. I yes. just realized what all this new age work is about. You know, Mm. we meditate, we learn about self-care, we learn about self-respect, we learn about focus, meditation. You know, why are we doing this? And it's kind of like preparing our soil and our minds to receive these big moments, like these dreams that are kind of epic that change our lives, right? Uh, Or even even if a dream doesn't change our lives completely, what if, it's, what if it's a dream, like we were saying, about a loved one that comforts us, that right. just gives us comfort? So it's like, you know, um, uh, I was talking to a friend who I call my meditation buddy. We've been meditating for 20 year, over 20 years together. And I said, how's your meditation practice? She goes, oh, Joan, I am so into distractions. And I could look <laughs> at her face and I could see how unhappy she was. She wasn't meditating. She wasn't uh, uh, focused. Everything was about the external. And I said to her, you know, I've been really deeply into my meditation practice. And I went, when I went to my daughter's wedding two weeks ago, oh, I felt like I showed up so deeply. And it, and it was such a gift. And by the way, I, I wrote a poem for them, for my daughter and her husband, that I cried the entire way through. And that didn't come from a dream, but it came from somewhere. It was a uh-huh. magical poem. And uh-huh. I just sobbed through it. But I was present. And, and we need to realize how important it is to be present in our lives. Oh, my I, God. That's so, so, so this. true. Okay, so I want to pick up on this conversation when we get to the other side of the break. And to lead us into the break, um, I would love it if Louis would play for us. Uh, This is Gypsy's iteration of Into the Mystic. So um, here's a little... Gypsy and I used to go on road trips a lot. And 
her daughter Isabella, when she was born, she would cry a lot. And the only thing that would calm her down would be Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. So back then, before CDs and before anything, this is way back in the day, Gypsy made a, a tape of Van Morrison singing Into the Mystic over and over and over and over <laughs> about 50 times. And that would be our road trip song. And eventually Gypsy recorded her own version of Into the Mystic. And there's a beautiful video online that you could see. If you Google Into the Mystic Gypsy Racco, you'll find Gypsy's version while she's walking through cornfields. It's really gorgeous. So lead us into the break. And on the other side of the break, we'll take your dreams. And we're going to talk to a very special guy named David Thompson who turned his dream into some epic art and along with Joan Gelfand. So we'll see you in just a few minutes on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Into the Mystic we go. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. And I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. And we've been talking with, I've been talking with Joan Gelfand, the amazing poet and writer and novelist. Her book is Extreme. It's out now. And her other book is The Four C's of Successful Authors, an Amazon number one bestseller. And Joan also is going to be leading a writing salon, um, teaching at the writing salon. So writingsalon.com, you've got an upcoming class there and you can find out more about it at joangelfan.com and all about Joan's YouTube channel, which is phenomenal and so many things. I have to just acknowledge um, a little synchronicity, Joan. I think you'll dig this. So before the break, I played Gypsy's version of Into the Mystic. The day after Gypsy's memorial service, one of her musician friends um, was listening to Gypsy's version of Into the Mystic and he was crying as he was missing her. And he was asking like, Gypsy, you got to send me a sign. I miss you. Like, let me know that, let me know that we're connected. And, and right when it said, um, when that foghorn blows, all of a sudden, this foghorn started blowing right. He lived near the ocean, but he'd never heard a foghorn blow. <laughs> All of a sudden, the foghorn started blowing for so long. He was like, okay, okay, gypsy. I'm going to rock my gypsy soul with that foghorn voice. I just, it's always fun to recognize the synchronicity. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Joan, you're going to love this guy, David Thompson. I was notified by, actually, his mom, Susan Beaver Thompson, who I love. And she said, oh, you know, my son had a really epic dream that he did something with in his waking life. And it turned into something really cool. So I'm going to, so I invited him to come on the show and talk about it since you and I always talk about dreams to art or dreams to a more creative life and I think David Thompson has really done that. So David, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show. So happy to have oh. you. Oh, so tell, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. I appreciate it. Yay. So tell me, tell Joan and I and everyone else, what. tell us about your dream and then what you did with it. Yeah. So um, a little bit of background. Uh, so thanks for the shout out for my mom, by the way. She's a huge fan of the show. So uh, I'm oh, sure she liked that. She's actually listening right now. So. <laughs> but, Hello, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so me and my mom have a company together called Changing Vegas. And um, we're <laughs> focused on bringing uh, positivity to the gaming industry. So um, we design skill-based games that are based on competition instead of like a predatory business model. So it's like more holistic. Nice. And, God bless yeah. you. And, and, That's God's work. Yeah, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um, so, so what happened is that uh, we had just like started a new strategy with our company right before the lockdown. And uh, we were going around to all of the restaurants and shows and stuff and doing reviews, like mother-son reviews. And then the pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. so like we had invested all this time and effort into this new strategy and um, we weren't really sure what was going on. Like really no one was at that point that point right and uh when we were sitting around wondering what to do i had this dream and it was about this video game called asteroid arena <laughs> and okay. uh and uh it's funny because uh i'm a lucid dreamer 
And so when I realized that I was dreaming and coming up with this idea, I literally just pieced together pretty much the whole thing in like one night while I was sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It it, it was really cool. And then um, when I woke up, I told my mom about it and I literally just locked myself in my room for three weeks and did the (laughs) prototype. And now six months later, we're working with the city of Las Vegas and this uh, tech startup center. And it's the official esport of Las Vegas. It's going to be the official esport of Las Vegas. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The official esport of Las Vegas. And all of yeah. this came to you. From, so, how can we? So, those of us who want to see this, is there a website? What, what could we do to participate or support? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we put a few videos up. I mean, um, right now we've just been networking, but uh, you can check out our website. It's on uh, changing.vegas. And then um, under that same handle, we have a YouTube and a Twitter. And then um, I just launched a sub stack and it's called a super dealer. So um, that's all of our content. And, you know, mom mom helps too. And, you know, she's a great writer. So we've been working Uh on the platform together. So I want to hear a little bit of what actually happened in the dream. So there was asteroids. Was it like, can you just tell me a little bit of the visual? Yeah. So, um, well, pretty much like the premise of the game, I'll explain the premise of the game, and that's pretty much what the dream was about. And, uh, okay, so there's this asteroid right out in deep space, and there's all of these crystals. They're called hypercrystals. And they're on the surface of the asteroid, and they're like super rare and valuable. And so these eight different alien groups like find out about the crystals, and they all land on the asteroid and like compete. So it's like kind of a free-for-all kind of thing. And so oh, during the oh. dream, um, it was just imagining like the different types of creatures that would show up and like uh, what it looked like and how they interacted with each other and like um, all of that. I mean, it, it, it was it was about a year ago. I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but that, that's pretty much oh. just it. <laughs> Well, I'm so, I'm so impressed. I'm impressed, first of all, that you remembered the dream and that you interacted with it and that you were lucid in the dream and then that you didn't, that you did what I'm always telling people, don't take your dreams lying down. You did the opposite (laughs) of that. You, you locked yourself in the room and you actually manifested it. And then it's, it's now having this ripple effect in like affecting your career and maybe affecting all of Las Vegas and living up to your, you and your mom's, um, vision for, for transforming gaming and such a powerful thing. I'm so blown away and inspired and impressed. And I hope everyone who's listening is completely can't like, you can't wait to get to sleep tonight. So bravo (laughs) to you, David, is there, so is there any, anything we can do to support you? Could we just go to the website or is there, I don't know, just what can we do? Yeah. Um, as for right now, um, we just need support. So um, just subscribe to our stuff. Um, okay. Our contact information is on the website. And so if you do have questions or you want to get involved, just reach out to us directly. Like uh, we're a community-based business. And so um, the uh, another really cool thing about this, and this is going to blow you away too, um, the entire game is made by Las Vegas locals. So like all the artists, musicians, oh. 
um, all of That's the, cool. like, I, I'm from Vegas. I designed the game. Uh, Mom's from Vegas. She's in charge of our uh, PR and stuff. And so, like, it's just this whole citywide initiative. So especially if you're in Vegas, but even if you're not and you want to get involved, just shoot us an email and we'll set up a meeting. That's so cool. And it's changing.vegas.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, changing.vegas. And there, there's no .com. It's it's .vegas. We we got a cool oh, URL. <laughs> yeah, changing.vegas. And then um, for, for a traditional, I think we also have uh, Changing Vegas Studios, www.changingvegasstudios. And uh, they, they both go to the same place. So, Oh, fantastic. David, congratulations. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing. And thank you, Susan Beaver Thompson, for, for reaching out. And it's always so inspiring. I love to hear this. And so, so best of luck with everything. And I'd love it if you'd come back on and let us know, you know, maybe in six months or a year, how things are progressing. And I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to come back on. And uh, th thanks again, Kelly, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, David. All right. That was David Hi. Thompson. And wasn't that inspiring, Joan? Amazing. <laughs> amazing. amazing. I just want everybody who's listening to this to know that it's not even that rare that people have a dream and they do something with it and it becomes amazing. I mean, it's not, it's like, it's, it's, if you think about it, it's our more intelligent mind it's a gift that we have and most of us just kind of scratch our heads we wake up in the morning we're like what was that about that was crazy but not us everybody who's listening to this i want you to manifest a dream somehow tomorrow even if it's a simple poem it's what i'm gonna do that's my charge today i'm gonna write that gypsy poem and in the meantime gotta bring on our resident dreamer denise every time denise shares a dream i don't know if you know this Joan, but every time Denise shares a dream on this show, it ends up becoming a theme for my entire week. There's always some symbol in it that works. And I don't even try. I don't mean for it to, but it's always so like impactful. So Denise, I just, I can't imagine a show going by without hearing one of your, your dreams. So bring it on, no pressure, but what are you dreaming about now? Okay. Um, always in a building. Um, I'm in a building or I'm in a place and it's a modeling type of, uh, how you say when you, you model, you, um, they're picking people to be models and, okay. um, okay. Yeah. This is, this is kind of deep. They're picking people to be models. So anyway, okay. I'm in this place and evidently they're not really, they're picking and, and you're getting ready. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the, it, it, it's a modeling agency. It's important oh. that I say that because then in the dream, um, I don't know where the wisdom comes from. I, nobody told me in the dream. I just might have been intuitive. And, and, and all of a sudden, I see a friend of mine, you know, a, a male friend that I, that I adore. Um, and um, I go to him and we sit down and I say, look, this ain't what it seems to be. This is a cult. This mm. is something, but it's not what it seems to be. And he has a cowboy hat on, which is really crazy because he don't wear a cowboy hat. So I took off the hat, and he's just so lethargic, and he's looking at me, and I said, look, I'm leaving. I didn't get picked, but he did. And he said he was getting ready to go, you know, he was, I guess, next in line to go model or whatever. And I'm looking at him and saying, come on, you got to go. This is a cult. This ain't real. 
He doesn't listen. Or I can say he don't listen. He's just so he's like he's doped up or in a mm. in, in another world. I was like, okay, well, guess what? I told you. Next thing you know, um, I get up and I said, okay, we got to get out. I I, I got to get out of here. And a couple other people decide to join me. So anyway, we start to run. We run and we get outside the building, and the people are chasing us. They didn't want us mm. to leave. They knew that I knew that it was a cult. And when we're running, I keep looking back, and the people that was following us trying to get us were saying, don't let them get past that certain line. We can't go no further, and they'll get away. Long story short, we passed that line, and the dream <laughs> ended, and the cult people stayed on the cult, and we got off the cult land. <laughs> and you got, got out. Off the cult land. We got out. We got out. Out of cult land. I caught it wasn't a cult, but it was an organization that was a facade. It wasn't no model agency. That's why they was chasing us, because they knew if we got outside of that compound, we had the knowledge to probably expose them. So they was trying to catch us and get us, well, me anyway, and about two other people decided to join me in the run, but they didn't get none of the three of us. We ran. But I remember looking back and saying, oh, my God, they're getting closer. And even the lady, it was a lady, get them. She was telling her other people, get them, get them. But we passed the, the mark, whatever the mark was in the dream. Once we got past that mark, they could no longer extend that mark. Now, I don't know why. The dream didn't expose that. But once we got past that mark, they stopped running because they couldn't go no further. They wasn't allowed to. At least that's okay. where the dream. Ah. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, let's unpack this. Um, and let's do, first of all, how, how, what was, what are you taking this dream to mean for you before Joan and I weigh in? Do you, do you have a sense already of what, what it's trying to tell you? Um, two things, the guy in the dream is somebody that I adore. I hate mm. to see that he stayed back. I hated to see. He was one I dreamt about last week when I told you he gave me the flashlight and told me which way to go to get out that building. Coincidence, mm. I dreamed that. Then the next week, I dreamt that I'm trying to help him. Don't forget, he helped me the week right. before. Now in the dream, I'm trying to, I thought that was significant or something. And, and the chasing, um, I don't mind running. I feel good. Because I feel like, it, I don't analyze dreams the way you do. I feel like, is there something or somebody around me who's not who they say they are? Ooh. But at least Ooh. I have the intuitiveness to run away <laughs> or eventually I'm going to see who they are and keep it moving. But that's how I interpret dreams. I know you're the expert and no. whatever, but yeah. At this that's point, you're I the thought. expert too, Denise. So... <laughs> So I'll, I'm going to throw in a couple thoughts. And first of all, um, my husband and I just finished watching the show Nine Perfect Strangers. I don't know if you've seen that, but there's there's definitely a theme in here. I was thinking, wow, this should be a Netflix show. Oh, wait a minute. There sort of is one sort of like that. Um, <laughs> not exactly the same. But here's a couple of my quick thoughts. Um, and just as a sort of synchronicity, one of the first dreams Dana, my husband, shared with me when we first got together was a dream very similar to this. And I've heard a, like there's, this is a theme of waking up out of the kind of out of the stupor and and trying to get people's attention to also wake up and get the hell or heaven Ooh. out of there. 
And, Ooh. and that dream, Dana and I talk about it all the time and how it's kind of the way it is when you're on a spiritual path. I think when you're waking up, when you all of a sudden have an epiphany about the facade of this life, the, the dream that we're all collectively in. And when you wake up out of that, you, it's almost like you want to proselytize it. You want to get people to agree with you. You want, you want to bring people in and kind of cross the bridge to get out, to cross that line. And Dana's dream, it was crossing a bridge to another reality. And he was desperate to get his loved ones over to the bridge. And cause he felt like if he didn't, they, they were, they would perish. Something bad would happen to them. And so it's kind of like, I mean, this is a huge topic, but when we start to wake up, we don't want to go all the way because we, we kind of stay back some of, some of us, because we don't want to leave people behind. But in some cases, it's like that, that saying about, you have to put the oxygen mask over your own mouth. Otherwise you can't help anybody. If you don't get out, if you don't wake up, if you don't come to, then you can't be lucid for anyone else. So it does feel like it's the struggle between one's own well-being spiritually or otherwise and how much of that do we sacrifice in wanting to bring people with us but ultimately my my big old soapbox is about do it like you be the most awake woke non-cult version of you that you can be and then become <laughs> like they say in 12-step programs become a program of attraction not promotion where you do it and then let them see you and your light and then let them come out of the stupor and come find you that's that's some of what i'm getting okay i'm going off on a tangent but Joni, i want to give you some i know you're percolating i can feel it what are you getting from this dream? <laughs> well you know <clears throat> The, the, I'm intrigued with the modeling. That is yeah. so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, life is tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and being awake is hard work, and being mm-hmm. awake to these nefarious forces. I mean, mm-hmm. look what we just went through politically. Mm-hmm. You know. That's where politics gets into problems mm-hmm. because the words sometimes make sense, but when you look behind the words, something's yeah. wrong, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's like it's it's this. It's like on the surface, a modeling agency is like, oh, these people are exemplary. You know, their bodies yeah. are perfect, perfect ideal. And their faces are beautiful, right? And mm-hmm. so, so looking past the surface of things, it, it, it's hard work. Look what you had to do. You had to do all this convincing, telling your friend, you know, this isn't really healthy. This isn't what it appears to be. Um, I, I just thought it was fascinating. I mean, to me, it's it's almost pretty clear. What do you think, Kelly? Oh, you know what? What? And I loved everything you just said. I ditto it all. And. The quote that just popped into my mind is sometimes rejection is God's protection. Like in the dream, yeah. Denise, you talk about how mm. you were you were yeah. wanting to get picked and they didn't pick you. So like, ouch, where where in my life did I not get what I wanted? And ouch, that hurts. But then later I realized, oh my God, that's not a club I want to be a member of. That might have been a saving grace. I gotta um, say this because you 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 got now you got me riled up here. 
the young man is somebody I've always wanted. The one that oh, I, I've always wanted. Oh. I've always want. I desire him to this day, but I'm not going to chase him. But I desire oh. him to this day. And he had a hat on. So what are you covering? I took the hat off, the cowboy hat, but it was a part right. of the next scene. I took the hat off. And I said, mm. why you have this hat on? But he was just so lethargic. The guy was like, who am I? Where am I? So they probably already, in my mind, I'm like, okay, they got him. They already, got, already him. got him in more ways than one. But um, right. he couldn't come with me. And maybe he couldn't come with me because he's not supposed to in Ooh. waking life. Rejection is God's protection, even if it's not actually rejection. It's just that, that, we can. There, that's why I made that comment. And maybe he's not ready. He wants to be with that fake modeling agency, but I had intuitiveness in the dream, but I did try to carry him. I, I tried, but I wasn't going to sit up there and say, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm not sacrificing myself or doing anything differently. If you're interested and you want to be a part of my life, here I am. But when, when I see it's a cult, the cult ain't going to drug me up. I'm gone. So I, did, I put myself first, but I, I reached out my hand to him as well. So I feel good because I'm not selfish. In the dream, uh. I said, let's go. It makes but, me, this dream, this is a, Denise, go ahead, what was that? And in his defense, though, he couldn't go because he wasn't himself. So maybe there's something going on in his life right now, and the dream is telling me he's thinking things through. He's confused. Somebody or something, or he's not ready. He's not ready for you. You're faster than him. you got to go on the other side. you got to get past the cult. You're running. He's staying still. So what do you do? Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'd love to hear no, you. No, it's, it's, this is amazing. It's, this is, I mean, again, Denise, your dreams always open up such a, a vast, it's like a portal to another universe. And I'm remembering a long time ago in a really, really deep meditation that I had, I felt this opening and it was like, if I walked, if I moved through this, this barrier, I would be in another realm where I wasn't so at the effect of the world that has such a hypnotic trance-like effect. And I was so scared to cross that line because I thought, great, I'll cross that line and I'll have more, maybe I'll, I'll have more, my spirit will be more fed, but I'll be lonely. Mm -hmm. I'll be all alone. And I imagined if I wake up, if I go into that place, I would, I imagined a very old lady that was woke but lonely and I went screw it and then I crossed the line anyway it was like right. and then and then and it literally I got nauseous it was but I felt like I we sometimes have to just say I have to take this for me I have to become the most woke version I can be and then eventually if there's enough people that come out of the stupor, out of that dream that drains us, where we think it's all about, like Joan was just saying, all that glitters, we think it's gold, but it's not, but it can drain us. Right. I mean, I imagine any, anybody listening right now, if you've got, if there's anything that's bothering you right now, most likely, not all of it, but most of it is probably due to the hypnotism of this world about, I need to have more stuff. I need to be better looking. I need to be in better shape. I need to have more friends. I need to have more, more, whatever. And all of that is just part of 
the lovely human cult that we signed up to be a part of. <laughs> but we came here to be in this world, but not of it. So I just want to celebrate you, Denise, in, in, in coming to and then crossing that line. And I can't wait to hear all about what you do with this aha moment. I know. I, know. I, I, didn't I take my hat off to you, but I'm bummed. Yeah. I, it, you and Joan have made it. It was a dream to me. Okay, this, I got some things I thought. But talking to both of y'all today, I'm more aware of just how deep that dream really was. And another plus is they didn't get me. They didn't we get you. You're in they this world and not of it. So as we're right. wrapping up the show, thank you for that. I think Gypsy would love this dream. And I and um, I just got a text from Jenny Murphy, who I believe is listening. And she wanted me to, to comment on Van Morrison. So I'm just going to loop back to the Into the Mystic and um, recognize that right before Gypsy passed, actually before she got sick, she and I were at Agape, Agape Spiritual Center, Reverend Michael Beckwith's church. And, and Van Morrison was performing. And we got to meet him. We kind of pulled him aside and we took a very bad picture with him. He looked scared of both of us because I think we pounced on him because he was such an important figure in our lives. And no, Jenny, I don't know that he ever heard the song, but in the musicians in Gypsy's version of Into the Mystic, those there were many of um, Van Morrison's um, his his musicians that actually played on the original version of that song. So you had some of that right. Anyway, Joan Gelfand, thank you for joining me today. I so appreciate you. Everyone thank check you. out Joan's books, go to joangelfand.com and check out her upcoming workshop at the writing salon, writing salon.com. Joni, thanks again for joining me and happy birthday. Thanks, Cal. And Yay. I wanted to say one thing Mark Twain said, if you are good, you will be lonely. <laughs> so if you hang you know, out with other people who are also good, maybe we don't have to be so darn lonely. All right, everyone, I'll see you next week. And until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.